and we're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, the Lakers Fast Break, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do whatever you can for not only the Lakers Fast Break, also as well, NBA Draft Junkies, the Run the Floor Podcast, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, and Lakerholics.com. It is truly appreciated. I want to take everybody back a little over a year ago at around the closing last year and how they looked very sluggish and a lot of people were complaining about some of the players with two players in particular that people had a lot of issues with, a lot of Lakers fans mm-hmm. had issues with. That was KCP and Rajon Rondo. Let's now go forward in time, a little over a year later, and in the closing moments of Game 4, in a crucial, crucial point in time for not only the Los Angeles Lakers, but the Miami Heat in the NBA Finals. Who makes the plays? But the much maligned at that point in time will no longer be maligned as far as in Lakerland, that's for sure. KCP and Rajon Rondo. And along with a back-breaking three-pointer from Anthony Davis, the Lakers pull out the victory 102-96 in Game 4 of the NBA Finals, taking hopefully what I can say right now, although I'm still kind of nervous, a commanding three games to one lead in the NBA Finals. And here today to talk about all the things that went on in Game 4 and going forward on Friday's Game 5. Remember, it's Friday for Game 5. A three, a three great guests indeed. First off is my good friend and the man I'm so honored to have been a part of the NBA playoffs coverage. And I really am just that's so thankful. He said the words, let's do this each and every time out for the NBA playoffs. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today at NBADraftJunkies.com. His great podcast, NBA Draft Junkies, and the Run the Floor podcast. And of course, his awesome experience that you can go ahead and check out today on YouTube at NBA Draft Junkies. In fact, he just dropped another prospect video among the many prospect videos that he already has. It is Rafael Barlow. And Rafael, I can just tell you now, friend to friend, I can finally take a breath. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it got a, uh, it got a little close. It always felt like the Lakers were up by like ten, and then you look at the score and it's like they're only up four, or it's only it's tied. One. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I mean that was that was a big win. Um, Rondo decided to show up in the last two minutes of the game. He made some some big plays. I don't really remember him doing anything in the first three quarters. Um, AD hit a big shot, I'm sure. You guys were scared <laughs> when when he hit the ground. But, I mean, you know, he hits the ground nine, ten times a game. And uh, Russo <laughs> torpedoed made, him. Yeah. Someone Jeff made a comment. AD wants, AD wants to take some time off so bad, but LeBron won't let him. <laughs> so I was almost expecting um, there to him go out, be taken out, and then come back out in a wheelchair. <laughs> well, I mean, like he—he's uh, like I've been saying all playoffs. New Orleans AD would have been out. I mean, the ankle sprain yeah. 
and the last series, that, that was a, a two week injury. Uh, he's a, uh, I mean, he takes his, his bumps and bruises, but he, you know, he got back up. I was, I felt like he took a little, a little note from Brian. I thought like, oh man, he's he's out. He's probably going to at least miss a couple possessions first play alley you on, on the first play after the timeout. So, yeah, I mean, I, that could have been a, a big game changer if, if his injury was, you know, somewhat significant or was going to slow him down. So, to me, that was probably the biggest, the biggest play in this series that he was, that he was healthy because if it would have been different, then we could have seen the momentum switch the other way, especially with Bam coming back. Absolutely. And he did give them a boost. You can see that with the way that they played. And it was a very inspiring performance for Miami, and they deserve all the credit in the world. But let's go with the Lakers here for a sec. And two other great guests I have on the show as well. First off, he's one of the blog editors for Lakerholics.com. Please be part of the experience today at Lakerholics.com, where you can be part of the conversation where dozens upon dozens upon Possibly even hundreds of Lakers fans are out there right now talking and interacting on Lakerholics.com. It is Sean Grice, a.k.a. Magic Man. And I want to tell you what, Sean, very nervous for me heading into the fourth quarter. Like I said, Miami did tie it, but ultimately the Lakers pushed through. Absolutely, Gerald. Um, I felt like in the last two minutes it was a, a tale of two different teams. Um, other than uh, Jimmy's play, I thought the Heat showed their inexperience and youth um, with a lack of execution at times. And I thought, like you said, playoff Rondo showed up. And uh, hats off to Contavious. Uh, I thought he played his best game of the year. Not just of the regular season in the playoffs, of the year. And uh, hats off to him. Look, he was one of the top 10 three-point shooters in the league for about, I don't know, first three months. Held off a little bit after the All-Star break, and obviously COVID happened. But he can hit the shots when he's open. I'm I'm really concerned that Laker fans aren't really giving him the credit he deserves. Well, he's always been known as a streaky shooter, and it's when he's on one of those cold streaks – that really concerns Laker fans. And you also got to remember that he's played outstanding defense at times. He's always given the toughest assignment as far as the backcourt is concerned. So, you know, with him, it's always been touch and go. But just to see the confidence in him playing today and saying, you know what, I'm going to step up. And seeing, seeing how much of a team effort with plays by Caruso down the stretch, plays by Rondo, plays by KCP, Morris, Kuzma, everybody made contributions throughout the game. It was very good to see. And I can can tell you right now that this, to me, is the best team win so far of the playoffs. I mean, they've won by larger amounts, yes. But to me, this ultimately felt like LeBron was doing good, but not super great LeBron. AD was doing okay, pretty good, but not... Super great, AD. I, yeah, I thought I thought this was more of a matchup of of Frank versus Bo. Personally, I thought they just countered each other constantly and and wouldn't let up. So to me, that was the difference. I thought you know they had that seven game series battle way back when, and it looks like there's no love lost between the two of them. Absolutely, but I tell you what, it was a great game indeed. 
and here today also to talk about everything that's going on with Game 4 in the NBA Finals is a good friend indeed. He is the mastermind behind Lakerholics.com. And once again, you got to be part of the situation going on at Lakerholics.com and be part of that conversation there. Also check out Raphael's videos that he sends over there. Our podcast, The Lakers Fast Break, which you can easily find there. And great articles from Jamie Sweet, Sean Grice, and this man indeed right here. It is Laker Tom. And Laker Tom, one win away. And I hope you're right. Lakers in five. All right, that'll do it for Nothing us right here. The Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, I, 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 congratulations to the Miami Heat. Uh, they put up a bigger fight than I ever expected them to do. Um, some great coaching adjustments by Spolsta. Um, Bam played a great game. Um, we finally got smart. Frank finally started going under the screens for Jimmy, who's, who's never shot more than two. He's never averaged more than two three-pointed three-pointers per game. Um, he wasn't comfortable there. He was 0 for 3 from 3. Um, and that really was the big defensive adjustment that we made, um, which evened out the great defensive adjustments by both of the coaches, you know, that really slowed down the superstars. This was a, this was a grinding, grueling defensive matchup. Uh, I thought the Lakers' defense, I mean, I noticed that they scored, they actually uh, allowed 26 points, which is the most that they allowed in any quarter in the fourth quarter. Um, but three of those were a last-minute garbage three, and three of them were a banked-in three that was just totally a throw-up at the at the buzzer. So they really held them to 20 points in that quarter. Um, and that was a difference in the game. It was the defense that the Lakers had in, this, in the end of the game. Uh, and then some great play during the entire game. I mean, Kenny actually, in addition to making those that three and the great drive when the cl- clock was running out and he ended up being stuck with the ball and he took uh, Robinson to the hoop for two, he also dished out five assists, um, including that great assist to AD for the dunk right there, uh, which right after he got up off the floor. So... Uh, Seven rebounds for uh, for Rondo, um, five assists for Rondo, uh, and just an excellent all around game by everybody on the team. Um, you know, they, we outshot them from three, we outshot them from two. Uh, they outshot us at the free throw line, but we evened that up at the end. Um, and give LeBron James credit for making free throws in the clutch. Absolutely, um, always, yes. Always been a weakness, but boy, he just. He nailed them pair after pair after pair. Um, this was, if you will, a semi-elimination game and a semi-closeout game because we all know that no team without LeBron James has ever come back from a 1-3 deficit. Absolutely. And you saw the things that were going on with the Rajon Rondo. Missed a couple easy layups back-to-back, yep. which was kind of disheartening, but his aggressiveness did not just get thrown off by it still kept going to the basket i really like that seven rebounds which especially an offensive rebound timely offensive rebound in the fourth quarter really helped out Raphael, i also want to comment on the lakers defense i mean they really clamped down in the fourth quarter made it difficult for the heat to go ahead and generate shots the heat were still putting off great shots but it made it very difficult to do so by the Lakers defense. 
I thought they played great. Eighty-four blocks. Yes, yes. I thought they played great defense all game. There were quite a few possessions where it looked like Miami had a a good look, and their closeouts were excellent, or even just kind of closing the the lanes. Like there were there were a few possessions where. Like I think when Miami would get in with dribble penetration, look like somebody would have a clear path for a layup. The rotation would be there, and then Miami likes to drive and kick. But once they, you know, the one defender went to help out, the recovery was great. And then there were also some fast break opportunities where the Lakers got back, and Miami wasn't able to um, take advantage of it. I just thought like it was a, it was kind of an ugly defensive game in the first half. I thought Miami's half-court defense was good as far as, like, their double teams and how they pretty much dared the Lakers' complimentary players to to beat them, and they were making shots. But the Lakers' defense is always going to be tough with, with AD. I do feel like Spo had a tough decision to make because if Bam is in the game, it allows AD to protect the rim, which he's good at. And I think that it's tough to take Bam out after he was playing well. But we saw but when Bam wasn't in there in the previous game, they went five out and gave the Lakers fits over it. Yeah, it gave Butler the opportunity to play one-on-one and, and play a little bully ball. And so I think um, it was a tough choice. I'm glad I wouldn't have had to be the one to to make that choice. But I think that in some cases, um, uh, Olenek and Leonard kind of make AD – you kind of eliminate his effectiveness around the basket. And so, um, you know, they played Bam, and AD got his four blocks. He was able to to be by the rim. Those shots weren't there last game that Miami was hitting. You mean Olenek and that very productive, very successful, slowest meandering drive to the basket, Euro step, and still scores or gets a foul on it. I mean, it's almost so slow it becomes mesmerizing to the defender. Right. But I mean, he's only driving to the basket if he can get a hard closeout and he's knocked down a couple shots. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. I mean, next game is, you know, it's go home. (laughs) And so I wonder if it's a close game. Do you see more minutes from Leonard or or Olenek or or if there's can come up with another plan to get AD out the paint? Because they've they've eliminated Dwight Howard from this series. And so. If they can just kind of neutralize AD, then I think that, uh, you know, they may have a shot in game, what is it, five? Yeah. yeah. Well, well, to counter that, I, I, JaVale McGee hasn't, I think he's played zero minutes in four games. We're up three. Yeah, he, he has on flip-flops on the bench. Yeah, yeah, Tom, I thought you'd be singing Julie Andrews songs about it. <laughs> well, you know, the big the big adjustment that they made was uh, – Second half. Rather than have LeBron, in the second half, rather than have LeBron guard Jimmy, they had AD guarding Jimmy all the time. Exactly. exactly. And they were going under those screens just like I said they should. And Jimmy wasn't taking those shots. I you know, know you got to be happy. Well, I know you got to be happy. Block that, that last block that AD had was as much a clincher in the game as that dagger three that he hit from the top of the key. But I know well, you got to be happy. Hold, hold on. I know you got to be happy with the fact that Morris started the second half in place of Howard. Mm-hmm. It's it, it tells you something about where the Lakers have to go next year. Oh, yeah. To they, they need a stretch five center. 
There you go. Well, Boogie's waiting for you. Boogie's waiting yeah. for you. He's going to go over and get his ring, most likely. So he'll be uh, yeah. along. He we know, get a ring. When he stops by the office to pick up his ring, <laughs> there you go. Oh, by the way, just here's a contract for you. Right there. Yeah. Waiting is, right there. Waiting is, right there. Isn't, isn't that coming full circle for Boogie? I mean, you had you had to, to watch AD win a title of Kentucky when you keep telling him yeah. that you had the better team. <laughs> And now you're going to pick up a ring and you're along for the ride while AD, you know, possibly winning the MVP of the finals. We'll see, but. Well, I don't know. It, it's, you know, it's the thing about the thing about Boogie is, is you just don't know what kind of defense he's got left in him. Um, you know, offensively, he can bang underneath and. You just don't and know how much those injuries left, and he, I, and he I, can have taken their toll. It, he, he's going to yeah. get a show me deal. Yeah. He's gonna have to live with something like that, right? But you know, I think, I think, and I and I think Dwight, Dwight is, Dwight has shown his value. Yeah. Well, go ahead, Raphael. Yeah. I said that would be like Boogie's third straight show me deal. Yeah, it would be. It would be after he was in line to get a sure thing deal that he had. That's not as bad as the Nerlens Noel deal, but it's close. Oh, it's yeah. close. Oh, I think it's worse. Because remember, if Boogie was in line for the Supermax. Right. But at least Boogie has made they... but at least Boogie was made a, a considerable amount comparatively speaking to Noel, who right. turned it down. Yeah, turned it down. <laughs> Just flat out turned it down. You turn it down, it's not the same as getting injured and losing it losing it that way. But no, no, the garbage man doesn't throw out the the winning lottery ticket. <laughs> This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse, every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. But I'll tell you what, there's so much that we can say because we are, again, one victory away from winning a championship. But, you know, Magic Man, go ahead. I know you had something to say, but also when you're saying it, can you also describe your thoughts as far as what worked so well in the second half because that third quarter they still looks kind of sluggish but again going in the fourth quarter they just seem to find just enough of the right elixir to go ahead and put off the heat yeah i'm i'm not really sure what what was working in the third quarter gerald that that managed to stem the tide that the heat were trying to throw but i'm just gonna go down to effort and energy i think that's just what it took that they just dug down deep um, I, I really enjoyed that the fact that um, if there was a line of sight drive that one of the Heat players had, there was usually a Laker in front of them or near them. 
And we also tried to cut off the scenes as well. So, so Jimmy Butler or another driver didn't have, you know, an easy angle pass to a, a bucket. It was more trying to make them use math on the floor, which is something Frank is, well, I mean, that's his bread and butter, right? He can, he can confuse you. Um, with his alignments a lot of the times. And, and and it's really just simple, like here and there. He's not really doing anything complicated. Well, let me just tell you this. It seems like it uh, goes both ways, where you said, you're right, it can confuse the offense that they're playing defense against. But on very rare occasions, as we've seen throughout this series, it can also confuse the Lakers as well. You've seen several right. times where – one guy makes the wrong move and it becomes a big time, very easy bucket. I, I mean, there's been like at least two or three a game where the Lakers just absolutely blow it on the coverage. And I don't think it's just the fact that they just didn't care or wasn't energy or anything. I just think it's a defensive scheme, the decisions that Frank Vogel right. asks you to make. It's like a feast or famine. It either works and clicks really well or you have the exact opposite, and that breaks out to even more wide openings than probably any other defense in basketball. It's, it seems like it's all or nothing to me. Touche, Gerald, touche. That happened to Caruso today. Yeah. He, I, I believe he went. He was going to show. He showed. Three. But he, yeah. Did, yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. And then Hero went with, uh, I believe it was the Olay layup. So. Yeah. Well, Raphael, I want to ask you this. When it comes to the things that we were saying in advance as far as this series is concerned, what the Lakers and the Heat had to control if each wanted to win, when it came down to rebounding, it was pretty much an even battle. We thought the Lakers had had to have a substantial lead, but they really didn't do that this time around. And we also thought that the, the, well, the, the Heat would have to have a substantial lead as far as free throws, but it really didn't generate to that much. It really was an even matchup most of the way. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's one of those things where the stats don't show because the Lakers got the more timely rebounds. Yeah, There was a few possessions where I thought Miami played excellent defense and LeBron, the ball, no, Miami played excellent defense. The ball didn't move. It was maybe like two or three possessions where LeBron dribbled, 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 and shot a contested step back three. And, or so I think someone in the corner missed a shot, but Miami wasn't able to secure the rebound. Then there was the play where Crowder fouled LeBron. He just wasn't strong enough to keep LeBron off the, off the glass. And so I don't, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I felt like the momentum of the game started to change when Miami was playing great defense and the Lakers were still getting extra possessions. I know Rondo had a big offensive rebound. Yes. Like I mentioned, the LeBron won. And, and then also those tap outs. Like, I think it's so demoralizing when you play great defense for 20 seconds, 22, 23 seconds, and they get this tap out. Like, you box out, you do everything you can to secure the rebound, they tap it out. And it just seems to me Caruso and Rondo are these irritants that have mastered getting the long offensive rebound. And, you know, it's not always about your superstars and the highlight plays, but having those gritty guys that make those type of plays that are pests and irritants, they can be the difference in the, in the championship team. And Lakers have those guys. Absolutely. Laker Tom, I know you're going to be doing a lot of things as far as what you're writing for, because we're actually – 
the NBA has been so kind to give you an extra day to post out even more <laughs> articles. So they cleared out an extra day for you. They found the time. I want to hear your thoughts on some of those things that you're going to be talking about because there is a lot of conversation right now. I know you're already expecting victory. I am still, as the man half empty on that glass, still gotta be, concerned. You've got to be a historian, Gerald. Yeah, well, I like if the numbers. I like the analysts. Uh, I still like to see it when it says that they finally go ahead and game over and they print that championship on the yeah. title for the Lakers. That's when I will feel safe. But I know you're already in preparations to go ahead and do so, so I want to hear your thoughts on what's going on with your articles coming up, because I know that's going to lead into even more conversation for today. Well, there's a couple, there's a couple of things that I wanted to add first before we even get into that. Um, going over to what uh, Raphael was saying, uh, we won the rebound battle 42-39, to 39, and I'll bet that at the end of the third quarter that they uh, It was tied at one point. Ahead. It was, it was tied. It was tied at one time. Yeah. So it, it, it was a fourth quarter where the rebounding really took its toll. And then the other thing, too, that you can't discount, um, and it was heartbreaking to see that foul when LeBron had hit that third three, but both teams were daring their superstar on the other team to shoot it from deep. And and LeBron, LeBron hit those two threes, that was a big part of why. I still we think were that third to... three that that should have counted because if you listen to oh, it live, that was so tough. My wife was sitting there and she says, "How can that be fair?" <laughs> and then he grabs his grabs his jersey and that prevents a three from scoring. But uh, that's a big difference that that LeBron was willing to take those threes and make them. Um, sometimes I sometimes I get on Bron for what I think is settling for a shot, uh, especially when you play a tough defense like Miami, but. Uh, he's he's developed into a pretty good three-point shooter, and they dared him to take those shots, and he took those shots, and he made them. Uh, they dared Jimmy to take those shots, and he took those shots, and he didn't make them. Um, and also, we held Jimmy to, you know, to 20 points. Um, and, and the defense, too, the other side of it, and I give credit to the Heat for this, because the points they scored in the fourth quarter, especially, and, and even throughout the game, were very often desperate shots, at the buzzer, you know, uh, when guys basically can, you know, shoot without any conscience or worry just because the buzzer is coming up and a 24-second clock is going to buzz if they don't shoot. Um, they made a lot of clutch shots. I mean, that one that Hero threw, or was it Robinson? Oh, it was Robinson. The bank shot. Up into the air. Well, <laughs> you know, Hero threw up in the air on the floater that went wet, just basically like that right there. When and then just, one of them hit a one of them hit a three pointer at the bank shot. The that was Robinson. And yeah. thank God they took away the one bank shot that uh, that Adebayo got, uh, you know, because it was after the buzzer. Um, but you know, it, it, the game comes down to small things like that. You know, the yep. offensive rebounds, the yep. clutch plays by KCP and and Rondo. Yes, uh, the clutch threes by LeBron when we really needed something to ignite us. And that and that opened up several plays for LeBron to attack and and get assists. So uh, it was a great game, and uh, you know, uh, but the Heat are done. Magic man, Lakers in five at this point in time. Yeah, yeah. Two two things. One is um, I uh, I remember uh, when the Mavs were up two games to none against the Heat, and everyone said it was over two. 
And uh, Dwayne Wade looked at everybody in the locker room and he said, I ain't going out like that. And those prophetic words are written on the Heat locker room. And the refs were in that dressing room. Wait, 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 Tom, wait, Tom. <laughs> yes, gonna, yes. We're gonna, we're gonna get. I ain't going out in Game Five. I'm, I'm telling you. Yeah. LeBron better not be talking to... smack to Jimmy Butler again. Yeah. Well, and and another thing. Um, Didn't when, see any tears from Hero either. Trade, when we made the trade for AD, uh, everybody could talk about we made gave up too much. We. I was a little upset that we gave away Josh Hart, particularly because Josh is a pro, is a very proficient rebounder and a very good offensive rebounder, and he also takes charges. Josh Hart creates uh, multiple opportunities for you in a game outside of shooting. Um, but Alex Caruso can do the same thing. That's why I think we've learned to absolutely love Alex. He'll take charges. He'll grab offensive rebounds. He'll dive for loose balls. Just adds possessions to the Lakers. Even if we're struggling, he seems to come up with a steal or he seems to come up with a play. And I found it funny. Uh, Zach Lowe was talking um, on uh, Wendy's podcast about how Russo plays sometimes with a jet packed up his ass on both ends <laughs> of the floor. So maybe we should start calling him Jetpack Alex now. Well, I don't know if he'd want that, but again, finding out how that started, but we'll let him make that decision on that. But I want to ask Raphael real quick, when it comes down to it, we're going to have to start thinking because Laker Tom's already got this game, uh, this series done at five. Uh, so we're going to have to start thinking of the ultimate question because, you know, the press is already starting to do that. In, is the MVP, even though AD was a difference with the four blocks today, 22 points, nine rebounds, LeBron, for most of the game, 28 points was the factor. But in the end, it was his free throw shooting that helped out. But it, it was still took KCP and Rondo as far as their play and, of course, AD hitting that shot. So... It's kind of still the question as far as who wins the MVP. It's close, and it has been close pretty much throughout. With 80s lack of performance in Game Three, does that make the you know does that actually change your mind on on things? Because we were I know when we approached the subject on Game Two, and we were all saying AD, AD, AD. I've kind of thought about it the day after, and I was talking to Michael Weisenberg. Uh, you know, or he's been on the show before. Got to go ahead and check out his show, Viceland. He does a great job uh, with him and his brother, and we love it when we're on the same thing as far as doing the draft together. I will say this, that he reminded me about LeBron's greatness, and also I, when it comes down to it, the same reason I voted for LeBron instead of Giannis was the fact that LeBron is doing these things at 35, and LeBron doing these things at 35 has me leaning slightly in his direction at this point. Yeah, LeBron had AD though. <laughs> it's hard to give somebody AD had LeBron. Yeah. Right, and that's why neither one of them winning. I mean, if Kobe and Shaq, how, how many MVPs do they have combined? Uh, Co- uh, Shaq has, has four. Four, yeah. Because Shaq Kobe won all one. three of those, right, in the early two thousands. Yeah. So, and then yeah. Kobe has one or two. Kobe has two. 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 So yeah, so they have five but finals MVP. 
Did he win with Shaq? No. Oh. Yeah, so I don't think LeBron or AD are going to win MVPs as long as they're together. But in my opinion, LeBron is the best player on the Lakers. The, the talk about AD being better than LeBron, it was. it's almost like last year people said that Kawhi was the best player in basketball. And, you know, it's, every year you're trying to bump somebody ahead of LeBron. You know, it was Durant a couple years ago. It was Steph a couple years ago. LeBron is the one consistent and to me, this series, he is, I mean, the Lakers, I mean, like, I guess I put it like this. If you take AD off the Lakers, I think LeBron could still put up 40, 18, and 12 if needed. And the series would still be competitive. We've seen him do this in Cleveland. If you take LeBron away from the Lakers and it's just AD with his current roster, I don't think they're as competitive. And if you look at the stats, I mean, LeBron has had 25, 33, 25, 28. He's had double-figure rebounds in three of the four games. He's, he's averaged, what, he's had two eight-assist games, two nine-assist games. He's putting up close to a triple-double. So to me, LeBron is the MVP. I agree 100%. You can't disrespect the guy at 35 years old for what he's accomplished Allegedly, game three. Allegedly, we still no. Hold on, this show we pretty much deemed him a cyborg, and that he stopped aging at twenty five. So you might want to just <laughs> get that thirty five out of there. Well, listen, man. The best, the most important two shots in the games, as far as I'm concerned, were the threes that LeBron made. That changed everything for the rest of the fourth quarter. I would still say the it's the KCP throws. shots. I and think free, it's the, and the free throws and I, the free throws. I still think it's the KCP shots, personally. Because I think that was something that was unexpected by those Miami. Were, those were to keep the lead that aid that LeBron got with those threes. Well, I I, I just like to add. I I, I think what uh, what everybody's saying is 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 valid. Uh, I, I I guess I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say that. I think AD has asked LeBron. I I, I think that's a ridiculous uh, argument. But what I will say is that of the great players that LeBron has played with, there's very little, like, soft skill difference between AD and LeBron. Like, they complement each other. Like, over his career, LeBron really hasn't been a great mid-range shooter. Doesn't like taking them. It isn't, you know, um, doesn't detest taking them, but it's not his, his uh, shot of choice. AD, on the other hand, loves the mid-range. Shoots it well, is comfortable. They're both good in the restricted area. They both take eighties more confident in his threes now, perhaps. Uh, LeBron's a better deep three shooter. So, I mean, we can go, we can get into the weeds. I just don't think there's much difference in the, in the skill set. Absolutely. Could, so. be the, could be the prejudice, either the prejudice in favor of LeBron because he's 35 or the prejudice that exists against LeBron because he's moved around and he's been a pioneer and there are always LeBron haters out there who are not Absolutely. willing to vote for him. Absolutely. You know, it's going to be, going to be an interesting vote. Well, I think what we can say is, I mean, next year, but to be perfectly frank, the MVP of this year, I think by the time next year is the fourth best player in the NBA. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> 
But before we end on out, Raphael, if Game 5 is coming up on Friday, I'm going to go with you first when it comes to Miami. If you're Miami and Eric Spolstra, what do you think to do? Maybe little tiny tweaks. You talked a little bit about how you think that you may have to make the tough call on Bam Adebayo, but is there anything else you see? Because you're probably not going to go ahead and get Drogic back. I, I think he's really seriously out because I heard he didn't even look good today in warm-ups. Yeah, I was shocked to see him even trying. Um yeah, man, I think that would be the only thing. I felt like they played a good defensive game. They had a good defensive plan. Um, I mean, LeBron had LeBron had a good game statistically, but LeBron is always going to have a good game. I mean, they got him into some turnovers early. Uh, I thought that um, L.A. was having troubles figuring out their defense at, at one point in the game. Um, it's interesting yeah, that they've they- abandoned the zone, isn't it? Well, I mean, it's hard to play zone if, if uh, you know, with AD and LeBron on the floor. I mean, that's the thing, the rebounds. And so you may uh, clog the lane up, but you got to, you know, you got to find the, the body to get the rebounds. So AD is just so active. And so I think he he's a zone buster himself just off of his, his rebounding alone. But, yeah, I just think you got to find a way to try to get AD out the paint. And so, you know, you may have to play Olenek or, or Leonard. Because even if Leonard is out there and he doesn't even touch the ball, I think his gravity alone makes AD a step away from being able to protect the rim. But with all that saying, I don't know how you how you make those uh, lineup changes and take Bam out because you can't say that Bam was hurting the team in any, in any way, shape, or form. It's just... Uh, you know, the spacing wasn't there like it was last game. And I think the, and it's because of the shooting. And, and uh, you know, obviously the Lakers made some choices by having um, AD guarding Butler. I think you have to tell Jimmy to to pull up on the mid-range. But I, I, honestly, I feel like Jimmy's legs were dead. He's been carrying them. He's been playing like 40-something minutes. And so I just didn't seem like he had legs when they needed him. Like Murray, he, he ran out of gas. Yep. Mm-hmm. There you go. And Laker Tom, if you want to go ahead and finish off in five, I mean, it was a little too close for comfort, and this game could have gone either way. But what tweaks, if you're Frank Vogel, do you think you should make for game five? I think one of the things that was impressive is that in games two and three, we allowed 115 points in each game. in this game, we allowed, what, 96 points? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so you've got to give Frank credit for the defensive adjustments. Um, and there were a few people out there screaming for, for you know, let's, let's, let's play better defense. But most of it was screaming for, come on, AD, you know, you've got to play the way you're supposed to and, and so forth. And one of the things that was interesting is our bench outscored their bench 27 to 15. That's where we won the game. Those 12 points from the bench, we got outscored by the starters. Um, and so it was excellent play by the bench, which is one of the things that everybody was saying at the start that, you know, the Lakers, I mean, I know Jamie has this whole thing and and, and I, I agree with Jamie that he did say they have more firepower coming off of the bench than the Lakers do. But I, I stand in my, by my statements before that the Lakers have a better bench. They have guys who can impact the game in 
a lot more ways, defense, playmaking, as well as scoring. Dodd, uh, we didn't mention Kyle, and he played quality minutes tonight. Kyle played great defense today. Yes. I thought he had some outstanding defensive efforts. So I, you know, I, I, I think I think Frank is going to focus on shutting them down the same way. I think we're going to see AD guarding Jimmy. I think that's a matchup that works. They're going to dare Jimmy to shoot, and Jimmy's going to have to make threes if they want to have a chance to stay in the game. One of the things I also want to ask Magic Man before we go ahead and head on out is transition points because we didn't see a whole lot of transition from the Los Angeles Lakers today, and you know they thrive on it. When they're in the half court, it's a struggle. You can see how much of a struggle it is, especially when everything gets bogged down and their execution in the fourth quarter on that type of half court execution was the best I've seen all season. And that's saying something because there's pretty much a low standard for the Lakers half court execution for the most part. It's usually LeBron or AD or LeBron or AD. This this time it was really a, a well-played effort by everybody late in that fourth quarter. But to make that easier, transition needs to be a better priority. They had opportunities to go out and transition and didn't do that in today's game. I think if Frank Vogel you know, you're in that locker room. I think you got to go ahead and emphasize. You got to push the ball every chance you get. Absolutely, Gerald. I I, I agree with you, and uh, I'd be pushing the same message. Um, you know, usually on a on a rebound like that, you'd usually see LeBron or somebody try and try and find AD on a leak out. But as we're seeing, make or miss, Miami has somebody at pretty much at half court ready for it. Not willing to let it happen. And uh, yeah, you're right. I think it's a numbers game at this point. You need to get in, you know, two to one opportunities, four to two opportunities. Miami's not going to give you anything easy in transition either. So I think if we're able to push the ball, like you said, and move and uh, move it along, I think we'll be able to get more opportunities. I'd like to see a little bit more breathing room, obviously, when it comes to what we'll hopefully be seeing in game five. In order to fulfill the Laker Tom prophecy of Lakers in five. So I'm hoping that that will be the case. But before we head on out, we're going to go ahead and tell everybody exactly what we're up to because we've got an extra day. The NBA has told Laker Tom and informed him that they're going to take an extra day off in order to head to advance the NBA finals to Friday. So Laker Tom, I'll start with you because I said earlier, and I knew that would lead to other conversations. So I didn't think you were going to go ahead and drop it then. But what are you working on outside of the ubiquitous JaVale McGee and Kyle Kuzma trade rumors? What are you also looking to go ahead and put out there on your medium.com page and, of course, Lakerholics.com? Well, there's, there's two articles that I am started working on. Um, one of them is basically about the Lakers centers of attention for next year, um, which, goes into, <laughs> which goes into the whole situation of, you know, looking what happened in the finals game here, because you look at what's happening in the Eastern conference and, and it's, it's stretch fives everywhere you look in the Eastern conference. Um, Could you actually guys, maybe coach JaVale to get a jump shot? Are, the guys who are most popular trade targets are, are guys like, you know, Miles Turner, you know, everybody wants Miles Turner. He's you know, two blocks a game guy who can protect the rim and then he can stretch the floor. So that's that's one area that I'm that I think is really important, and I do think Cousins is an important part of that. And I think, you know, I, I've actually played around with uh, 
even though it never happened. But I, I've loved the I love the trade machine results for being able to get both of those guys off of the Pacers. I'm sure I'm sure you do. And Turner would be a wonderful <laughs> catch. Um, the other thing is uh, the other thing is the. You're just killing Matt Sean. I'm just telling that you know right now. There's a great article. There was a great article about ranking all of the various teams' attractiveness in free agency for next year. And guess who was at the top of the list? The Lakers. Lakers. The most attractive location for free agents to go for all of the reasons above, you know. The get to play with LeBron and AD. You get to join a championship squad. You get to play in Los Angeles. You get all of the extra promotional things. You get the great weather, the expensive places to live. So, or you can play well and you get a, a poll saying you don't deserve a ring. <laughs> it could be true. <laughs> and Casey, I, I guarantee you, KCP, Danny Green, and Kyle Kuzma. I'm sure they enjoy playing in LA with the Lakers, but I, I think they're probably like, you know, if I played in Detroit or Milwaukee, I, tell I would you, you know, I I, get I'm on my Twitter sure. and not. I'm not so sure. You know, there's there is a limit to what fans should be doing, and I, I find, for example, I've traded these guys, but I've never disrespected them to the point that somebody said that you're going to take away your championship ring like they tried to do this poll for Kyle Kuzma. I don't even consider the people who respond to that poll to be Lakers fans. They're not my kind of Lakers fans. Well, you know, you and they, I never heard of this. this you know. of yeah, they had a poll, no, a petition. It's petition.org. They, it started, I think, over the weekend after Kyle Kuzma not had a Kyle Kuzma, his uh, championship ring. Yeah. Well, you know, and Kuzma's and it been had a, a part of the, the team. And <laughs> it had he, had he may, if he fixes his jump shot, He's going to be a star somewhere. Probably won't be in L.A. just because he happens to play the same position as LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Why, why do we always have to have a whipping boy? What is this? What is uh, about that, that's the downside of playing with him. I mean, you live on Twitter, Sean. I mean, every LeBron team, right, Raphael? Is that the, I mean, you could pretty much say every LeBron team has had that individual that people have targeted. Yeah. Is that correct, Rafael? Well, well, Rio kind of deserved it. Rio kind of deserved Danny's it. Danny's going to get traded because of his contract, not because of his poor play. Kyle's going to get traded because of his fit, not yeah, because of his Tom, poor play. Tom, I don't think anybody's going to trade for Danny Green at this point. Got to give I up the first if they really value I, the first. Well, well I of course they give up the first. Hip at this point. Oh, it's a late first in a bad draft maybe yeah. not maybe not a bad I, draft at that point Raphael's looked at it pretty hard so have I, I okay I'll say it's a uh, not as attractive draft how about that go ahead Sean. But I think I it's think not it's bad. Bad. let me finish there I, I, I do think that there's a lot of different things that open up when you are the most attractive location for a free agent because you have two classes of free agents that you can go after. There are the free agents who basically, there are three classes really, guys who can fit on the MLE. And there's a whole bunch of guys who are pretty good players. Not This is not a superstar free agency class, but it's a class that's got a lot of guys who could fit in a $10 million contract for MLE. Secondly, you've got a lot of guys who are like, they're not max players, they're like 20 million, 22, 
eight to say, say between 15 and 25 million. And just depending on what the Lakers existing expiring contracts do, these guys have leverage because they could very easily say, hey, I'm not going to resign with anybody unless if you traded me to anybody other than the Lakers. And then you got a third group, which is like the AD. These are the guys who are going to be free agency the following year. Those are the Victor Oladipos and so forth, who again can push to go where they want to go. Um, I think one of the big questions that the Lakers have to do, and it's why I've been against holding out for uh, Giannis, is that I don't want to get in a situation again where we don't have anything left to to go. I don't think a third superstar for max contract is the right move for the Lakers to make at this time because you lose the Danny Greens, the KCPs, the Kyle Kuzmas, the Alex Caruso's, all of those pieces that really make a team a team. Um, I think we're better off to trade a couple of people, probably Kuzma, Green in the first round choice for somebody, and then find somebody who wants the MLE, bring in a guy who's a $20 million a a year guy, spend and commit long-term, because once you get down the road and let's say Giannis decides he's not going to sign with Milwaukee, or there's other superstars in two or three years that are coming down the road, um, you need tradable contracts. That's been our problem, that we have not been able to go out and get the high-quality player because we haven't had the contracts to be able to do it. We couldn't put the deals together, even if those guys said, the only place I'll go is Los Angeles. So I I think that that's the other thing that the Lakers really have going for them. Um, And in in an environment economically like we're in now with the coronavirus, that's a perfect time for big market teams to take advantage. That That TV contract the Lakers have in L.A., is like solid gold. And that's the one thing that is going to make them separate from everybody else. So you put a championship banner up again for the Lakers, and they're going to have more opportunities than anybody else in the league, even the Warriors and the Celtics with all of their draft picks and so forth. I think it'd still be tough because, like, if, say, Oladipo says, I'm forcing my way to the Lakers, right? And then Lakers say, well, hey, we'll give you – We'll give you Danny Green and Kyle Kuzma. If I want to pay something, say, you know what? Forget it. I'll just, <laughs> I'm not taking on that contract. Like, there's no point in me taking on that deal. I'd rather tank and get a higher draft pick on my own than. Well, or, or they might they might come back and say, I'll tell you what, we won't take Oladipo because he's only got one year left on his contract. But Miles Turner's got four years and $76 million left on his contract. But if you I'm the Pacers, why would I take for that? No, I can just be bad and start over, then and not have the payroll. You get, Kyle Kuzma, you get Kyle Kuzma, THT, and a draft pick, and an expiring. That's not, <laughs> that's not. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Magic Man. Go ahead, Magic Man. Um, my head is spinning. Time, yeah. How much time do I have, Gerald? Uh, as much time as you need after that. You are. I need okay. to I need to settle my stomach after that. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so um, I'm with Tom. Uh, um, you know, I at this point I I'm not convinced playoff Danny Green exists anymore. I think playoff Danny Green is six feet under, 
Um, at this point in time, I think there are a few reasons why you wouldn't trade for him. One was what Raphael just said. Yeah, we'll give you Kyle Kuzma. We'll give you Alex Caruso. We'll give you a first round. No, thank you. No, thank you. Um, I also think that, you know, at, at this point in time, he's south of 30, not north of 30. Got multiple injury history. I'm not even sure he passed a physical at this point. There's something going on with his hip. The Lakers are being being very mum about this right now, and I'm not sure why. It makes me a little curious. Um, and I think that it's going to be almost very difficult to move him in the off season. That contract is just it's it's an albatross. It's an expiring contract in a year when there are going to be probably twenty of the thirty teams looking to slash money. It might be an easier. Uh, it, it might be an easier contract. True, but I'm looking at other teams have better expiring contracts. It Maybe. might be it might be easier at the trade deadline. It might be easier to get rid of it at the trade deadline. I'm not sure. I'm not yeah. so True. sure you can get it off at and the off season. I think everybody yeah. on the other teams not are going to explore their options first before they go to something like that. But if it depends, you depends can't what coronavirus, yeah, it's a it really depends on what what the economic situation is. Well, yeah, but if they pass the whole amnesty thing then it kind of eliminates that. But I also feel like Caruso... Well, he might be our amnesty guy then. We, then we got $15 million in free agency opening uh, I up. I think and, you sit on Danny Green got, for a year. I think got, he yeah, right, nice. you know, what are you going to say about Caruso? I was saying that I still don't think that his value around the league will be as high as people think because it's yeah. directly related to LeBron. I mean, right. think about Deladova. Yeah. Yeah. He got true. He got paid. And he's probably still under that contract, and so. But he's a nice, uh, he's a nice throw-in. He's a nice throw-in to a deal. Yeah, he's a nice throw-in. It just depends on, um, you know, like how much value he'll he'll have because he's not really, he's not really a two. He's in a perfect situation. That's a great point, Raphael. It's hard to really gauge what his value is. Yeah. What do you think the free agents of the Lakers are going to do? Well, well, I think the free Javale, are going to do Rondo, Javale, Rondo uh, KCP, and uh, he's there. He's not leaving. I mean, he got LeBron there. He, he right. I don't think. Yeah, he, but he's a free agent. Yeah, but I don't think that. Yeah, clutch. I, mean, I think honestly, clutch. they would have traded him if he wasn't clutch. They would have traded him to Houston. <laughs> they might have traded him even if he was clutch. If he didn't have that ability to turn down a trade. Yeah, and, and why does he have <laughs> no trade clause? <laughs> why? Here's, I mean, here's the question. Here's the question, though, Raphael. So those three guys could opt out because there's two reasons to opt out: to get more money and to decide where you're going to play because you might be part of a trade. Yeah, I think that. I mean, Javale is towards the end of his career. He he likes L.A. I think he's an L.A. guy. Um, but, he, but he knows he's probably going to get traded. I don't. I mean, it's, I don't know. Got, it takes two. It takes two yeah. to go ahead and on this. Yeah, I don't it know if there's a lot of value for because you got to think like Javale. Teams learn when he got his big contract in Denver. Never give him any type of job security because he's not going to care. I mean, he was here in Dallas for a second, and when he had job security, he was borderline in and out the league. But when he he got the championship team, he's played well. 
Holy but he has no, Los but he doesn't have any, any long-term money. He doesn't have any long-term deals. And so you keep him on short contracts. I think the same with Dwight. You're going to keep, he'll keep getting short contracts. For, and again, LeBron, LeBron, uh, going, sorry, Raphael, going back to your Caruso, Del Vadova thing, McGee reminds me of Birdman. Like LeBron's always had that bit, that big guy who, you know, maybe he can use, maybe he can't, but he keeps him around. Yeah. And it's always somebody that's 32, 33, that, you know, if it's Miami, of course, you, you know, you'll take a little pay cut to stay in Miami and catch some lives. I think JaVale is, he'll be there. He'll probably even play for like the minimum. I think Dwight will probably want some more playing time. Um, but you know, Cousins is going to factor in and he's going to probably have a significant role. And to me, DeMarcus Cousins is the Lakers free agent pickup next year. Yeah. I think that's a good assessment right there. Yep. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Well, before we head on out, Sean, I know you got some stuff that you're working on that's not based off of some type of conspiracy theory of Laker trades. So go ahead uh, in this year of conspiracy theories that have been thrown around both political and by Laker, Tom. Go ahead and tell us what you're working on at Lakerholics.com. Thanks, Gerald. I'm uh, just uh, finishing off the uh, the uh, end of year uh, editorial that uh, me and Tom and uh, Jamie and yourself are working on. Um, just oh, I follow- uh, yeah. Uh, looking, looking, well, looking forward to uh, just everybody's expectations, and I hope you give it a read and really um, try to imbibe what I've been saying. Just looking at the Lakers season from my perspective. Again, as I've said, this is the craziest season I've ever experienced as a Lakers fan. Uh, I, there will never be another year like this. I will always remember 2020. I think you guys will too. And uh, the second article I'm working on is, again, what what uh, Wade said in the, after that game two loss. I ain't going out like that. Miami's going to come back with yes, a fear. <laughs> no, I think, I think we're going to get their best shot. Really do. That's I, think I think we'll get this their best. Gonna shot. Be, this it just won't be, be good kitchen, enough. This is going to be the kitchen sink game. He's going to, suppose, going to throw everything he can. Well, before we head on out, I let me, we did say Lakers in six, so I'll I'll leave it with that. That both Sean, Jamie, and I, and then Raphael put it Lakers in seven. But before we head on out, Raphael, you're all right. I get it. Five. Yeah. Give us five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. How about that? Since you love mentioning five so much. How about that? Let's go ahead and run that. And then, of course, go on over to Raphael's Run the Floor podcast and also as well NBA Draft Junkies podcast. Give him five stars. 
And follow, like, share, subscribe, the whole nine yards to his stuff too. So Raphael, I know you're working on some other great things as well for your YouTube channel. You popped mm -hmm. on another video today, which I gave a thumbs up to. So I want to go Appreciate ahead and let me know. Uh, always, my friend, always got your back. But I want to know what you're up to, or at least I know what you're up to. But what? let them know what you're up to at NBA Draft Junkies. Well, right now, I'm still focusing on the international guys that I think could be second-round picks or um, guys that teams can develop. And I think I found one. Um, he would be, I think he would be interesting for a team like the Lakers, a team that doesn't need you know, someone to come in and contribute right away. His name is Vic Creasy. I know he just tore his ACL like in the second game this year, so he's He's out for the rest of this season, but he's a six-eight aggressive point guard. I love how you got That's everybody built. Even the Lakers, maybe they should be interested. And then he tore his ACL. Well, I think, <laughs> yeah. So he's not playing this year, but um, he he'd be somebody that if they like, if I'm the Lakers, I'd, I'd take a flyer on him and say, hey, uh, we're not going to draft you, but hey, we're going to sign you to a two-way deal. Not going to cost us, you know, what is $75,000 to yeah. the Lakers? Two-way deal. You come here, you rehab, you learn our system. And he's he's a six-eight point guard, aggressive driver, and he's young. And he's someone that, you know, you can develop in South Bay. Because I think at, once the Lakers get off past these contracts, I think they're going to end up having a bunch of guys making a lot of money. They're going to be capped out. And so they're going to need to find the next Caruso and other guys that that they can possibly develop. And they don't that, have the draft know. picks right now in the future to be able to do right. that. Yeah, they might so that's they might get some draft picks for sale. Yeah, rounders, people that teams that don't want to. I mean, the first round draft choice, you can end up spending you know twenty million dollars on contract with some but of these next guys. year's draft draft. It's looking a lot better what I'm able to see. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's what, that's what they're saying. I, I'm curious to see if teams are really going to sell draft picks because, you know, it's on one hand, you can say, yeah, I'll sell it for this amount of money. But on the other hand, if a guy works out or he's decent, think about how how much value Kuzma has provided the Lakers based off of what they're paying. He, I mean, he's way more valuable than his contract. And so right. you know, I think every team is going to be confident in their developmental staff that, you know, you can find a, a late round guy. So I can't really see first round picks being, being sold, especially if teams need cheap players that can come in and contribute for, you know, a late first round pick is only going to make like 1.5 or $2 million a year. Or for three or four years. Right. So, I mean, like, think about Monty Morris from, I think he was a second round pick, but he has like two years left on a deal that's paying him like a million dollars a year. There were, yeah. I, listen, there were teams in the good environment that were selling second round picks. Well, I think sometimes with second round picks is because you don't really have the roster space to, you know, to do anything with it. But you also got to remember that was under the old environment coronavirus may have changed things and these cash yeah. teams might have be going ahead and say, you know what? I might take a flyer on a kid who might need to develop a little bit more than that other veteran that might cost me money. Yeah. So that's something to think about right there. But you got any other things that we're going to work? Cause I know you've got at least one, two more videos up your sleeve as well. 
besides that one. Yeah, so this uh, Creation, I hope to have that up by um, Tuesday, by Wednesday afternoon. And then I just want to keep putting out one, one per week. Or I'm sorry, one per day. And then, um, you know, I'm probably like 40... 40 something days away from the draft. So it's uh, it's go time. Absolutely. And you know, I'm still waiting for that invite whenever. Uh, it's hinting, hinting. So. We can do it this week for sure. All right. Well, you, you know, you know where I'm at. So no worries. But I know you at least got at least one, if not two, mock drafts that we're, you know, probably going to do at some point in time as well. So people can look out for that. They've been extremely popular extremely interesting to watch all the Knicks fans show up for that one. And uh, I know they are always very vocal about how or who picks that number. What is it? Number nine or still eight. eight? Eight. Yeah. So go ahead, magic man. I had a question for Raphael. Um, any chance you see Sam Presti moving any of the Rockets or Clippers picks to move up? Is there any player you think he might be intrigued by? Uh, possibly. I mean, I think there's, they have so many picks, they can gamble. They can swing for the fences. So there well, could yeah, be a guy he, that falls to them. Plus you got Chris Paul that you could dangle out there in the trade. He didn't, yeah, outright, I, he didn't write, outright say it that he wanted to leave that, in that ABC interview the other day, but you know, come on. Kind of hinted. Yeah, I think he's gone. I mean, because there's no way they bring Gallinari back. Steven and Adams, I think too. Steven Adams. I mean, I think he probably stays. He seems like they're Nick Collison, a guy that could be there forever. But Schroeder, he's making 15 mil. He's in line for a pay raise. I don't think they bring him back. And so I don't think Chris Paul wants to be on a team that he knows has no chance of competing, especially with Golden State coming back in the picture next year. Phoenix supposed to be better. Pelicans. If they can't trade him now, they will trade him by the deadline. Where do you think Chris is going to end up, Raphael? Knicks? Yeah, I think so. The yeah, Nets, maybe? Knicks. And uh, that could join that collaborative effort? That's the only thing they, they got. They'd have to, like, get rid of... Dinwiddie? Yeah. Even then, I just don't even know if they have enough pieces to make it work because Chris Paul is making like $40 million. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that would be tough. I'm, and I'm sure the Thunder would, would love to to take Levert, but I think even Levert's only making like $14 million. So there's still like yeah. a $30 million difference. But you know what? Oklahoma City's under the – well, no. Yeah, I don't know how it works. Because I even did a trade thing because, you know, they're saying the Clippers are looking for a point guard. And if the Clippers wanted to trade for Drew Holiday, they'd have to give up Lou Williams, Beverly, Zubak, and I think one more rotation player. Just to show you how much yeah. uh, Holiday is making and how little the rest of those guys are making on their team. If if that's what the Clippers if that's what everybody's saying the Clippers see, doesn't trading Paul George Brooklyn make all the sense in the world? You get Dinwiddie and Levert back. Yeah, but I, that doesn't make the Clippers a contender. No, no, it doesn't. It just gets in that point guard everybody thinks they need. Playoff yeah. P. Playoff P. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Derrick Rose ends up on the Clippers in a buyout situation. 
Makes sense. Because Reggie Jackson didn't unfortunately work out for them. So. Oh. Yeah. D Rose lives he in LA. Yeah. In, in the summer. Game. Could be on the Lakers finally. Give the Lakers four number one uh, overall draft picks. <laughs> Not quite the yeah, same. Yeah, Rose and LeBron, I don't think they mesh well <laughs> together when they were in uh, Cleveland. That was a long time ago, and that was a different Derrick Rose. And, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting. Although, uh, although I have to admit, he was, he kind of seemed like he wanted to stay in Detroit. You know, it's, he it's sort of never an opportunity. Fall in the wintertime. It's cold in Detroit, Tom. Yeah, I've been in Detroit in the winter. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I haven't even been to Detroit in the winter. Really? Come on. In Toronto? Oh, no, 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 no. It's just right I, across I, the street. I'm, I'm, I'm it was negative 16 degrees when I went to Toronto in 2016 for All-Star Weekend. Yeah, the most I've been is negative seven. So you got me beat. You got me beat. Well, the, in this interesting weather talk, just actually has to be superseded by what's going to go on with Friday's game. Game five. Well, maybe we'll talk about more weather. Who knows? One more win. Lakers in five in game five. There you go. But I'll tell you what right now, if you want to go ahead and keep up to date with what's going on with the NBA Finals, check out what we're doing on this Friday. If I'm going to have any other shows this week as far as in the next couple of days, we'll go ahead and just pop it up there. But you can definitely count us being here for Friday after the game. NBA Finals, will it end in five? We'll wait and see. But I'll tell you what, Rafael Barlow has been awesome as always. Laker Tom and Sean Grice, a.k.a. Magic Man, cannot thank you enough. Been Guys, been awesome. Thank you so much for watching and listening our entire program. To all the Facebook groups that I got a chance to share to today, got nothing but love for you. We truly appreciate you watching and taking the time to go ahead and checking us out. And to our increased volume of listeners, cannot thank you enough for checking us out each and every time right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.